Hello, everybody, and welcome back to How to Live a More Authentic Life. Get Real, How to Live a More Authentic Life with Dr. Barry Weinhold. My name is Ben Barber. I'm the producer of the show, along once again with Ashley Ross. Uh, Dr. Weinhold, how are you doing today? Pretty good. Uh, it's uh, early November and winter is set in. And uh, we're getting snow in the mountains. The ski areas, some of them are open already. So in Colorado, everybody goes around saying, think snow. Think snow. <laughs> that isn't that isn't what I do anymore, but I used to when I was skiing a lot. <laughs> you know, that's interesting. Um, I was talking to I was talking to Ashley this week about about some work stuff, and uh, her kids were in the background, and I was like, oh, they didn't go back to school yet for um for from uh, from a, a sickness, and she was like, no, um, no, 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 it's a snow day, and I was like, this was this was a couple weeks ago, and I was like, it's the middle of October. <laughs> So you get snow like, that early? That's yeah, it. yeah. Uh, not not always, and obviously, like today, um, you know, we've had warmer weather, so it fluctuates up until about Christmas time. Yeah, yeah. And then it'll stay. Well, actually, here the the humidity is so low that even if it's in the 30s or 40s, you can go out with a like a vest and maybe a sweater or something, and and be fine. I mean, it's just like. Uh, when the sun's out, there's not wind blowing. Mm -hmm. I didn't know that low humidity helped you both in the heat and in the cold. Mm -hmm. That's cool. That's good to know. That's yeah. good to know. It isn't that um, hot and it never gets quite that cold. I mean, yeah, low humidity can, can uh, it's that high humidity, that damp cold and damp heat that gets you. Um. You know, one of the things that, uh, th that I wanted to just say in this, in this episode as well is, um, Barry, the, uh, you have a, a beautiful new website for people to check out at circle.org. Um, and you can click the link in the description of this. And of course, all of the, uh, every week, Barry works very, very hard to, um, give you resources that go along with that week's episode, uh, as well as many, many other resources, the over 75 books on psychology that he's written uh, and all of that stuff can be found in the description of this episode in the show notes. But um, it's it's very nice. And it's all sort of, uh, you know, the, just this gigantic resource guide that um, that's very cool. So make sure you check that out as well. Yeah, uh, it's I, it's my way of kind of giving away other even more resources than what we do on the on the podcast. It, it's very it's very resourceful um as ashley can attest as as uh, as she she had a big part in the new website um <laughs> but uh anyway also ashley wonderful job last week uh, i mean last uh, last month uh sort of stepping into those into those um shoes as co-host and uh you know one of the things that we're going to be talking about this month that, that dr weinhold is going to be uh, explaining in a second um, is the authentic family. Mm -hmm. uh, and since, you know, both of you are our parents and uh, I don't have any kids and I don't actually have very much of a family to speak of anymore. I'm going to let the two of you handle this and I'll be around in the background if you need me. <laughs> but um, I'm I, excited. I want to challenge you a little bit because you grew up in a family. I did grow up. In, that's true. And so that is that, true. anybody who ever grew up in a family is going to find a lot of uh, uh, good information here is that is that is those, that is those who have uh, our parents and have a family. Well, I'll be around. So if there's something that I want to jump in on, I definitely will. But Please I'm gonna do. I'm gonna yeah I'm gonna hand this over to Ashley to steer the ship uh, from now. So thanks, guys. 
<laughs> All right. So uh, this month we're looking at, uh, as Ben said, the authentic family. So what does that kind of have in store for everyone this month? Well, the whole month will be uh, how to create an authentic family. And I'm going to dig deep at a couple of points and, uh, and uh, help provide some more the kind of information you wouldn't get anywhere else, sort of, uh, that I've accumulated in working with clients and writing books and doing seminars, working with professionals. And, and there's a lot of information out there, but I've kind of distilled what I think parents need to know if they're going to raise authentic children and create an authentic family. So the, the first episode is going to be just more background about why why this is important. And then I'm going to move into uh, looking at uh, how, uh, how, how to really be an authentic parent to start with, because it's hard to raise a, or have an authentic family if you're not an authentic parent. So that'll be the second one. And then we'll We'll look at how authentic parents can meet the needs of the child to help them on the way towards authenticity. And there'll be actually episodes three and four on that. So I'm going to go a little bit in the weeds about how to do that for parents and give you some tips on how how to manage that uh, that whole process. So I, I guess in, in kind of giving an overview of this these four episodes that are coming up this month, uh, I have to go back to a quote that Virginia Satir, a former family therapist, uh, uh, once said, which I think is so accurate. She said, if you could change the family, you can change the world. That, And I think that's what I believe, too, is that much of what goes on in the world is born through the experiences that people have in their family of origin and then on as they become parents. Uh, so we're going to look at that and what kind of things you need to be paying attention to if you want to raise your children to become authentic adults. And that's what we need more of in, in our society because democracy works best when we have authentic voters, authentic citizens. And if we don't have enough of those, and I don't think we have enough right now to make democracy really work, uh, then uh, it, we're in trouble because all, throughout history, all the major uh, civilizations or empires, you want to call them or, or whatever, that collapsed, they didn't collapse because of some corrupt leader or some uh, uh, something at the top. It was at the bottom that caused the collapse. You had people living off inauthentic lives and they didn't know how to really uh, deal with any kind of uh, autocratic leader, for example. So that's what we're dealing with right now. And I think the the inauthenticity of our voters is is our biggest threat to democracy. So it, it while we're talking about the family, it really is looking at uh, a much broader picture of what life could be and what life is right now. So I'm going to try to bridge that gap and uh, talk about how uh, how you can go about uh, being an authentic uh, parent to start with or, or to be able to create an authentic family. And so that kind of is is where I want to uh, kind of go to in this in this episode. And I'm going to look at, in fact, you know, really parents never get any how to do it manual when they get a child. It's just pretty much 
whatever they learned growing up in their own family. And maybe if they did take a course or something about it, or they read a book about how to be a parent, uh, they, they picked up some tips there. But even there, it's, it's still, it's a 24-7 job and it can be totally overwhelming. And obviously, I'm, I'm the first child in my family of three. And I think the learning curve was steep for my parents when they parented me. And, but you can't count on it, you know, what you learned the first time applying the next time because children are different. They have different personalities and they have different needs. And, uh, and so you have to be able to be always on your toes. And so that's kind of the, the message I want to bring this time is looking at, uh, okay, how do parents uh, interact with their children, their infants and their toddlers? I think the first three years are the most important uh, for parents to interact and to build a foundation for authenticity. And there's two basic needs. I think I talked about this earlier, but just to reiterate, the two basic needs that infants come with <laughs> uh, when they're born is a need for bonding and attachment and a need for uh, 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 being able to create a separate uh, authentic child or a separate, a separate authentic self. And, and by age three, if parents knew what to do, that could be in place. However, the research doesn't support that because the research shows that about only half of infants leave infancy with a secure bonding and attachment. And only about 5% leave the second stage, which I call the separation or counterdependent stage, leave that stage with an intact, uh, separate, true self. And so we got a lot of work to do. And, and yet it's not rocket science. There's a lot of small things that parents can do that I'm going to be talking about this month that I think could be very useful to them. And so that's my, that's my goal this uh, month is to really uh, look at what, uh, what kind of things can parents do that make it possible for their children to build that foundation by age three. And next month, I'll talk about what to do after that <laughs> with teenagers and things like that. But, but if you built that foundation, the rest of it is pretty easy. So that's where I want to start with, with it. Uh, I have a couple of things that I wanted to share. Sort of, the first one is kind of a lighthearted one. It's, uh, and I think you have an image of this, about things that your parents used to say to you. There it is. And maybe some of you identify with these. I can identify with a few of them. Do you think I'm made of money? <laughs> and or were you born in a barn? <laughs> uh, uh, and then the, the, the classic is, well, why do I have to do this? Because I said so. <laughs> uh, <laughs> or stop crying, I'll give you something to cry about. I mean, you look through this list and it's kind of ridiculous some of the things we say to our children. Uh, yet we do it, uh, and I, I imagine I did some of those myself when I was raising my, my children. Uh, and uh, 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 another one that's very important is uh, when, when children complain about what you're doing to them, they say, this is for your own good. Do you remember any of these, Ashley? Yeah, I, I don't know if I heard as many from my mom, but definitely like my grandparents probably. <laughs> um, 
And I, I think I still, I can identify with a few of them. And yeah. um, you definitely hit the nail on the head uh, in that I've, you know, caught myself wanting to say a lot of these <laughs> as yeah. in response and, and, you know, because I've heard them myself. Um, so it's, it's good to be aware of, and it's sometimes it's nice to see them in this format because I mean, when you read these, yeah, you can laugh at them. Right. But then when you're in the moment, they seem like the right thing to say, because you, that's what you're taught. Right. Um, and, if that's what your parents did. And, so and they can have long lasting impact on us for sure. Children. And, and, uh, because they don't know any better what the, if they uh, uh, hear these things from their parents, they think these are like the words out of a god or goddess. <laughs> they're, they're the absolute truth. I, the one that isn't on this list that, that had long-term effects on me, I think I finally have gotten through this one, but it took me a long time. It was when they were punishing me for something that they didn't like that I was doing, uh, they would add to the punishment by saying, what do you think the neighbors would think of you? <laughs> and, you know, I've spent most of my life wondering what the neighbors think, <laughs> which is not a very good uh, thing to have it be thinking about when you're trying to be an authentic person. Uh, so I've had to, I've had to battle with that one for a long time. So what do parents uh, say to kids? Other than, What should they say? Well, there's another list I have, which uh, isn't much better. If your parents uh, had told you their truth, they might have said some of the following things. And you have them right in front of you. And you can maybe identify what some of these are. They aren't very pretty. because these are. But these are the real truth that some parents feel these things. And kids pick up. They're intuitive and sensitive enough. They pick up these subtly. They don't even have to hear them. But uh, uh, the first one is I de really didn't want children. So I tried to ignore you as much as possible and stay focused on my own life. All the way down to the last one, uh, you are not really a, a real person to me, honestly. I didn't think much about you very much. Uh, so, and then others are, I mean, these are things that parents probably thought, some parents thought, and I, I know my clients, uh, in the way they tell me about what their childhood was like. I'm sure they had parents who were thinking these things because of the way they acted towards their their, their children. Uh, and, and number nine, I knew what was best for you, so you didn't have to contribute any of your ideas. Uh, you, uh, you see how these, uh, even though they're never spoken, are sort of there and parents uh, in their interactions with their children often act this way. Any comments? Um, I, I think it's a really uncomfortable uh, amount of statements, right? I think that there are moments when um, even if we don't always feel these ways, sometimes we, we do. Um, yeah, I, and, I, you know, it's, it's good to identify those truths sometimes. Um, and I, I think that, I mean, I think there are a lot of people that have kids for maybe the wrong reasons, and it results in a lot of these things and these, yeah. um, you know, these truths that can't be told or they feel like they, you know, can't, but they, like you said, subliminally will transfer the the message through the way yeah. that they act otherwise. Just number, sad. <laughs> I, actually, I actually got number, number 10 from my grandmother. She said, your parents have so many problems of their own. Uh, don't 
give them any more problems. Be a good boy. Mm -hmm. And I took that to heart. And I, I, to my own detriment, I, I tried to always be a good boy. Yeah. And sometimes discounting my own needs in the process of that. So some of these, uh, that one I heard definitely uh, from my grandmother, not from my parents, but uh, it had an impact on me big time. So anyway, uh, the uh, way I think to look at this is that uh, if, if parents don't really um, be authentic with their children and treat their children in authentic ways, by the time the child is three, they have developed not an authentic self, but a false self. And then that becomes the way they, what they live out of until they finally realize that that probably isn't uh, the best way to, to operate as an adult. And, uh, and hopefully they might read my books as about get real or watch this podcast and learn that there are other ways that you can uh, operate uh, if you can be more authentic. So, I mean, and these patterns get transferred over and over again. And, and, and if, they're not, if they're not brought to consciousness, and one, what I always say is if you can name it, you can tame it. So identifying the patterns, identifying the things that are, are the inauthentic kinds of ways we interact with our kids is the first step in changing that. And so uh, I, mean, I had one client who uh, she kept telling me about uh, as a as a parent, her kids, when they when they when their father did something they didn't like, they'd come to her and say, "Do something about him." <laughs> and and uh, she said, "Well, I can't do anything about him, but I guess I could try." And and then uh, an, another point she was telling me about her childhood, and she said, "When I was a teenager, uh, my father would do things that I didn't like." And I would always kind of, I would, I would talk to my mother and say, do something about him. <laughs> Here she found herself repeating that, actually conveying that somehow to her kids, the same pattern that she went, she grew up with. And when she realized that it was like, oh my God, I didn't realize that was happening. <laughs> so anyway, uh, uh, I want to go over the characteristics of an authentic parent. So uh, if you want to put that up on the screen. We have that there. 20 characteristics of authentic parent. Yeah. I won't be able to go over all these, but this is available to you to uh, look at. And uh, and and basically, I, I'll just talk about number two to start with, because that's one of the biggest ones. Make your children uh, your top priority in everything you say or do uh, so that you let don't let anything else interfere with that commitment. That's one of the first characteristics. Uh, listen to your children with an open heart. Listen to them uh, with an open heart and be present to receive them uh, and whatever they're feeling and telling you about their feelings. This gives them a sense that their feelings are important to you. Uh, down below, uh, Number uh, 10, know how to regulate your emotions. Because a lot of times, children will do things that trigger us into, uh, and you know, as a parent, what I'm talking about. <laughs> and, and I found, incidentally, that 
we get triggered in the same ways that we probably got triggered as a ch as a child. Our children then mirror things that we probably had memories of as as a child, and so that uh, is a big job for parents because often when they discipline their children, they're disciplining their children in a dysregulated state of emotions, and they over uh, they overdo it and overpunish and, and criticize and, and maybe even shame their children when they're feeling dysregulated. And so uh, anyway, any kind of uh, 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 activity that does this, uh, there's a second page, uh, turn to that second page and I'll give you the rest of them. There's just a couple on this page. I wanted to uh, be patient with yourself. Uh, patience is a very is a virtue when it comes to parenting. <laughs> you get tested all the time with that one, uh, and also take responsibility for uh, everything that you do or say. This models for your children the most important uh, characteristic of being a responsible adult. If you're not behaving responsibly, it's likely they're not going to be when they grow up. Uh, feeling express your emotions. Uh, uh, watch for projections of things that are unfinished in you that you project on your kids. Uh, and uh, give. And one of the most important ones throughout uh, their time with you is to give your children twice as many yeses as noes. And that's a challenge sometimes for parents. Uh, and uh, what the research shows that a two-year-old has heard the word no 20,000 times. So uh, it's, it would be a challenge for most parents to issue 40,000 yeses to counter those 20,000 no's. But that's what we have to do. And sometimes it's, uh, no, you can't do that, but here's two other things that you could do. So it, it's being creative and talking about uh, things that you can say yes to, even if when you, at the time you say no. Uh, and also responding to their excitement with joy and uh, and their joy with empathy. And this is a big one for parents, is that understanding that really uh, uh, when a child comes to you, a toddler particularly, who just has a love affair with the world, and they're excited about something they just discovered, and they bring it to you or they tell you about it, and and your response is important because if you say, well, that's I, I'm really proud of you, or I think, that's great that you did that. That's one thing. But the best thing you can do is, wow, I see how excited you are about learning this new thing. That's great that you've learned this new thing and you're so excited about it. So you turn the feelings back to them and instead of giving your feelings about what they did, you, you reflect back their feelings. That's extremely important in helping create that, that authentic sense of self because when a child at age two to three is able to uh, trust their own feelings, they can go more on internal power. They don't have to re, uh, resort, uh, resort to trying to find what other people think about that or feel about that. They can trust their own feelings. So those are some of the things that uh, I think are important uh, uh, to to focus on. And uh, I guess uh, the other, other thing I would like to say is that in working with people uh, early on, uh, I found that a lot of people were coming to me as adults and they had all the symptoms of, of childhood trauma. 
yet they didn't have any any incidents they could remember that caused the trauma. And I began to think there's something wrong with this, some, something I'm missing. What I realized was that most of the traumas that they were telling me had to do with neglect, not abuse. So it was something that didn't happen rather than something that did happen. And so they, they uh, uh, I began to then study neglect as much as I did abuse as a, as a long-term effect of uh, uh, any kind of trauma that might have happened in their childhood. Uh, so um, the other thing that I'm going to talk about next time, mostly next month, is family patterns, intergenerational family patterns that make it almost impossible to uh, be authentic and unless you really understand what these patterns are and the effect they're having on you and they're having on your children. So I want to dig deep into that next month, but just a kind of a heads up that that's, that's another area of, of why people have a hard time uh, uh, being uh, parenting children to be authentic. So what, what do you got to say about all this? I think it's a great start to the month. I think we'll be able to learn quite a few things. Uh, this is a great first episode to kind of kick things off and bring some awareness of, um, especially for myself, of what to watch for um, mm -hmm. in, in certain moments and, and what to do, um, you know, when that happens, just to at least start creating awareness. But I'm excited for the next three weeks to see um, what, what might be some more ways, some tools and, and ways to help create that more authentic relationship and, and be a better parent and um, be able to raise my children in a way that gives them a healthy. Yeah. Outlook. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So uh, next month I'll zero or next week I'll zero in on uh, specific things you, that you can do to raise an authentic child uh, in the bonding and attachment stage. Hmm. What, what things you do at birth and in the first nine or 10 months of, of their life that can help build a foundation for creating an authentic self. Awesome. I'm really looking forward to it. I hope we, we get to dive in soon. I'm, I'm excited. Okay. <laughs> we'll see you next time. Thank you All so right. much. Sure. Uh -huh. Bye. For more information, please visit the Colorado Institute for Conflict Resolution and Creative Leadership at CICRCL.org or click the link in the show notes.